I wanted to make this as a matter of prayer, and I forgot it a while ago, but um, we had a wedding in here yesterday afternoon, Leah Bradford and uh, her husband now, um, Matthew Wirtz. They were married, and uh, part of the reason they chose because how beautiful the sanctuary was. They live over in Glencoe. They're not members of our church, but that's a part of our phase two, getting all this done. And if you notice, we started digging up in the back. Uh, phase three, we're making the green space to go down to the playground. Also, the crosswalk started this week, and they made the slants for ADA-compliant for wheelchairs across the crosswalk. They'll end up painting it this week and finish it out. I'm making a point out of all this. Yesterday, the groom's older brother has been in a wheelchair since birth, Michael. He's probably in his 30s or so, but he used all of that. And so Todd said, how was it? He said, man, that was nice. It was nice and smooth, and he came across the crosswalk and was internally grateful for the way we did our coming in here. So I just wanted to say thank you and keep praying as we're in phase three. And Dave Jensen, treasurer, and uh, Ray Smith, our finance chair, would probably want me to say, if you made a pledge, write that check now. So uh, they, would, they would take it. So anyway, now all that's going on, but keep praying as we keep moving forward. But I thought that was kind of cool uh, with Michael using the uh, handicap accessibility and all and he was grateful. So thank you for doing a great job. This morning, I want to preach about the Holy Spirit. I preach about him often because I talk to him every day, and so do you. And he's a part of our lives if we're in Christ. I've got a crazy title. I call it Hand Grenades or the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a contrast. It'll make sense in just a moment. Hand Grenades or the Holy Spirit. I want to share with you two different prophecies that are in Scripture. One, because it is Pentecost Sunday that we're celebrating, but also because Memorial Day weekend is one reason I chose that title. I want to read from Zechariah, a prophecy given, Zechariah 4.6. Let me read to you. So he answered and he said unto me, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In the prophecy, when an angel came and gave this, the candle, you can read this in chapter, chapter 4 of Zechariah, the candlesticks and the, and the anointing of the oil of grace flowing down are all symbolic of things that are in Revelation. But God was saying when He spoke this word, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, He was indicating to us that my kingdom and all that is accomplished by it will have nothing to do with human might and human power. It will be by the Spirit of God. And so a powerful prophecy that we can claim and quote and give us encouragement our entire lives. Another prophecy I want to read to you is in the book of Acts. Acts, the second chapter. It reminds you that Jesus told the disciples to go up and pray in the upper room to receive power. They hardly knew who the Holy Spirit was. They just were to go to receive the promise. And so the promise came. The wind of the Spirit came. As Jesus said in John 3, the wind blows where He wills. And so the Holy Spirit came, and that's all there in in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and is a part of the church being birthed. But all of the phenomenon, many people are asking questions. So Simon Peter said, well, I'll tell you what happened. So he gives us the prophecy of Joel. And so this is where I'm going to read from in Acts 2, beginning in verse 16. Simon Peter said, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. 
your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they shall prophesy. You'll notice that when this prophecy was given, it covered gender, it covered age, it covered social status or economics, men servants, maid servants. Anybody who wants to call on the name of the Lord, anybody who wants to be filled with my spirit, I'm willing to pour out my spirit on all flesh. So this prophecy was fulfilled. The latter part of the prophecy continues to read in verse 19. This is Simon Peter still quoting from Joel. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, if you think back all the way into Genesis, the Holy Spirit was there even in creation hovering over the waters. We know that Moses even prophesied and said, oh, that all of God's people were prophesied. God's continuing goal, God's continuing goal has been to share His presence with His people. He's always wanted that. And so there was a uniqueness that happened on the day of Pentecost. Just be reminded that Jesus Christ died on the cross, not only that you could be forgiven of your sins, but that you could be filled with the Spirit of God. Again, I'm amazed that even when I say that, even though I preach that, that God would want to put His Spirit someone like me but he does Jesus made that possible with his atonement on the cross I'm forgiven and I can receive salvation God has provided sanctification so I can be transformed and changed into the likeness of Christ how? by men's power and men's might? no, but by the spirit of God God says so God within I like to say it that way just God within that's the work that he's done and he wants to continue to do We celebrate the church's birthday. They were birthed out of the powerful work of God's Spirit and God's anointing. These passages, they remind us of the authority of the prophetic Word of God. What God has spoken will be fulfilled. The ministry and work of the Spirit of God within the human heart is neither hindered nor controlled by human might nor by power or hand grenades. Not by might, not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. I will save people regardless of what humans do. I will draw people to me regardless of their free will that I've given them. I'll draw them to Jesus Christ, and I can do that without any human power, any help from any humans. That's what he's saying in these Scriptures. And I'll remind you, too, as I share these prophecies, I say this often from Pastor George Creel, mentor of mine, and remind you that fulfilled prophecy, fulfilled prophecy, Reminds us of the authenticity of the Word of God. In other words, that's something we can sink our teeth into when it comes to faith in the Word of God. Because God said it and it's been fulfilled. And we know that Jesus Christ is going to come back. There are three things I want you to hope you'll be reminded of in this sermon. As a part of this sermon, remember that Jesus Christ is coming back and we need to be ready for His return. That's one thing. The second thing is this. The Holy Spirit desires for us to surrender to His Lordship. And the third thing, let's be reminded of the incredible power of God's grace to come inside and to save whoever calls upon the name of the Lord.
Let's talk about his coming back and this prophecy about the moon turning into blood and the sun getting dark. Many godly Christian teachers of prophecy will tell you, and this is true, that prophecy can be fulfilled in different dispensations of time. In other words, and oftentimes, a scripture can be given in the Old Testament or the New Testament, and it may be fulfilled in a particular time period. A portion of it may be fulfilled in a hundred years, while another part of that same scripture might not be fulfilled for a thousand years. That happens throughout scripture. That's just a fact. Here in Acts 2, we are given, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. A couple of other scriptures that give this very specific statement also. One of them Jesus made reference to. And I just remind you that if you want to read about in detail some information that Jesus gave about His own second coming, you can read in Luke 21. And over in Matthew, the 24th chapter. I like Matthew 24 myself, but I'm going to quote from Luke 21. But those two, Jesus talks about His second coming. Because just as surely as He came the first time, He clearly told us, I'm coming back. So Jesus says this in Luke 21, verse 11. There will be great earthquakes. And we need to remember the people of Nepal. There will be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence. And there will be fearful sights and great signs from heaven, Jesus said. Then in verse 25, And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth distress of nations with perplexity. That's certainly going on. Jesus, I mean, Jesus or Revelation also tells us in Revelation 6.12, John wrote these words about the blood moon and the sun. Revelation 6.12, John said, I looked when Jesus opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became like blood. Now, I know, and I'm fixing to talk about prophecy, that some of you love prophecy. You you, You love it. You read every book there is about prophecy. You love it. But I also realize that I've pastored different churches while there's one that just loves it. There's another godly believer on this side going, I don't care all that prophecy stuff. I just know he's coming back and I need to be serving him in the meantime. So I realize in between there's all that gamut of people. But I want to talk about the blood moon just for a moment. Some of you may have read the book. I have John Hagee Ministries. He wrote a book called Floor Bud Moons. There was a movie that came out back two or three months ago. Some of us went to see that movie, a special showing in Trustful. Scott Wilson and Donna invited Lana and I to go and Carol Thrasher went and some others, we had a carload. We went and watched the movie, which was about this book, Four Blood Moons. I'm going to just give you some facts and information, and you can wrestle with it. Blood moon lunar eclipses have happened continuously throughout history. But a blood moon tetrad, tetrad just means a group of four. They're a group of four times that this will happen. Is when four consecutive total lunar eclipses occur and occur on Jewish Holy Feast Day. You can look this up on the Internet. There have only been seven blood moon tetrads between Jesus Christ's first coming and 2013. Are you with me? And every time they have happened, it has been proven that there have been some significant event which has impacted Israel 
and the Jewish people near the first or the last eclipse of that tetrad. And yes, we're going to Israel next week. Somebody said we may see the new Jerusalem before we get out of there. That's okay if we do. Praise the Lord. The only time, and again, NASA astronomy will tell you this, that the only time during this millennium, from 2000 A.D. until 3000 A.D., the only time during this millennium that a blood moon tetrad will take place is right now, 2014 and 2015. Three of them have already happened. The third one was on April the 4th, the day before Easter. The next one is going to be September the 28th. 2015, a growing group of researchers and believers think that something significant perhaps could happen involving Israel and the world. Now, this has set off a chain reaction of debate and discussion about this event, and I want to stop there and make very clear to you, I'm not telling you that Jesus Christ is going to come back tomorrow at 3.30. It might be a 100 years. I don't think it will be, but it could be. And I got to thinking about Miss Hazel Oliver. The rest of us won't be here if it's 100 years, but Miss Hazel Oliver, she'll still be around. She'll be 200 years old. If you're visiting with us, Miss Hazel will turn 100 this summer. But anyway, God rest her, God bless her so. I don't know when he's going to come back. But I promise you, based on the authority of God's Word, he is coming back. You need to be ready. I mean, the reality is He's coming back. And I know too, my life could be taken this afternoon. I'm not being morbid. I'm, it's just real. Even James tells us that. We don't even know what tomorrow will bring. So my life could be taken. But either way, I need to be ready. So is He coming back? Yes. Do you want to read and study those prophecies and then get those books and look at those things and try to understand those things? That's great. But on the other hand, if you're one that just says, you know what, I just think we need to keep serving God in the meantime because He's going to come back anyway. In fact, that fulfills our mission as a church to share Christ, make disciples, and serve and give hope. So keep doing that. In fact, at the end of one of Jesus's, and I think I ran past that, but in, in the passages over in Matthew, Jesus said, Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find him so doing. So we keep doing the things. The Bible uses a phrase, occupy until I come. It's a military term. It means to be ready to go tonight if the king says go, but plan on being there for a thousand years. So we keep a perspective of the two balances. But again, I promise you, he's coming back. We need to be ready. I want to talk about the last two points, and I'll mix them together. The Holy Spirit desires for us to surrender to his lordship and the last thing, let's be reminded of the incredible power of God's grace that can save whoever calls upon the name of the Lord. And that will happen with God's power, with no human power. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. I read in a commentary, I think it was pulpit commentary, it may have been Gill's, I'll reference that later. But it said this statement, which I liked. The church is built up in all generations through the conversion of sinners. The church is built up in all generations through the conversion of sinners, and that is done not by external force. It is not done by carnal weapons or moral persuasion, but by the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's not by power of men's free will, but by the pure, holy grace of the divine Spirit. God declares in these two prophecies 
that the coming kingdom will not be the result of human ability, but by the Spirit of God. Now, I thank God God does use military. And I, y'all don't misunderstand me. I thank God I was born in the United States of America. And I thank God for our military. Don't misunderstand me. But I do not trust my eternal salvation for the fact that I'm an American. Or I don't trust in some military to, to get me to the other side of Jordan. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says God. I can accomplish that. He may use military. He may use nations to do it. But He don't need us. He can do it without us. Not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says God. I will establish my kingdom. And it's by His Spirit that He does this. Go figure. He loved people like me and you so much He was willing to baptize us and fill us and sanctify us with His Spirit. He wants that for us. So God's desire is that we continually surrender to the outpouring of His Spirit. That's still happening. We're still in that dispensational time. We're still in that time when we can proclaim the gospel that whosoever believes in the Lord shall be saved. There's none other name under heaven by which men must be saved. Not men, but Jesus Christ. We're saved by Him. We're still in that. We've still got to keep doing that work. And my men servants and my maid servants, I'll pour out my Spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I want to ask you a personal question. Are you saved? It's a question that Vicky and I ask and must ask. It's a part of the call of our life. Are you saved? I just remind you that right now today, if you're not, the Bible says that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That can happen right now in this moment. It is also, I say this every time I preach on the person of the Holy Spirit, that I always mention Luke 11:13. Luke 11:13. I read it one day many years ago. Jesus said, How much more shall my heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? And I asked. And I've been asking ever since. The reason I keep asking because I know what the Word says about the fact that you and I can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can quench Him. And I do it all the time. Perhaps you don't. But I know I grieve Him sometimes and I quench Him. And so I come back and kneel at the foot of the cross and say, Thank you, Jesus, not only for giving me of my sins, but that Harvey Beck could bow down and ask to be filled with Your Spirit again. Take not Thy Spirit from me, David, the King of Israel, cried out. Restore unto me the joy of Your salvation. And so we come to and we ask. I encourage you to remember Luke eleven thirteen. How much more shall my Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Ask. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we praise You today and we thank You that the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit is not done by human might and power. It is only but by the grace, the grace of our God who pours out His Spirit on us. Lord, I pray that You would help anyone here who maybe couldn't answer the question, am I saved, and wondered, maybe I, I'm not, maybe I don't, I don't know. Lord, I pray that You would give them the freedom to come forward just now and receive Christ, or perhaps talk with Vicky and I afterwards. Lord, give them that freedom. But I pray for us, brothers and sisters, who have been saved. We, we, we claim that. But remind us of the sanctifying work of Your Spirit that is accomplished when we decide to surrender to Your Lordship. So, Lord, if there's anybody who needs to do that, and I'm one of them.
Come, Holy Spirit, come and do the work in the human heart that only you can do. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing the closing hymn. The altar is always open if you have any need. Have thine own way, Lord. Hymn number 382. Let's stand together. Hymn number 382.